The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. How are you now? How are you now? Uh, once again, probably, uh, if you're a Habs fan, not so good. The Montreal Canadiens lose Game 2 of the Stanley Cup Final 3-1 to against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, man, that... That felt probably a lot like some other teams have felt playing against the the Habs in these playoffs. Habs pretty much dominated that game. Pillar to post. They got goalied. Andre Vasilevsky might be the best game of his career. Might easily be the best game uh, he's had in these playoffs. And he stole one. He absolutely stole one for the Tampa Bay Lightning, and that's what great goaltenders do. I mean, uh... Hello and welcome to episode 19 of the Bottom 6 Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake and I'm pissed off. Very pissed off. Uh, I wanted that to go better. I wanted that to go much better and it did for about 20 minutes. First period, uh, you know, Habs are getting more shots. They're getting better chances. They look like they corrected a lot of the mistakes that they made in Game 1. They looked like they were going to be able to get that split, right? I was on uh, City News again today before the game, and this time we were joined by none other than Georges Larac. And he said a lot of the same things that I've been saying, which is it's extremely important for the Habs to try and get a split in Tampa, come back to Montreal with a 1-1 series if they want to have a really good chance at winning this Stanley Cup. Um, And the Habs were playing like they knew it. They were playing like they knew it. They were absolutely uh, dominating in that first period. And, uh, you know, the hope was let's continue that in the second period, right? Uh, And they did. You know, beginning of that period, first few minutes of that period, they're continuing on with the same thing. Again, they're playing like they know how important it is to get that split, right? They're playing like this, the split is the only way they could possibly win this series, and it, it might have been. We won't know until we know. And of course, about six minutes into the period, maybe a little bit more, Anthony Sorelli uh, fires a point shot. Goes through a bunch of traffic and beats Carey Price. One that Carey Price probably wants back, but doesn't matter if he wants it back. It's one that makes it one nothing for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, from that point, Tampa starts looking a little bit better. But at the same time, the, the Habs are still in control of this game overall. Uh, penalty trouble hits. Montreal gets a power play. Nick Suzuki... Just wills one into the net, unassisted. I'm, I'm still 
like looking at that goal, I'm still not sure how that managed to be the one that beat Vasilevsky. But you know what? The way he was playing up until that point, the first half of the game, you, you knew it was going to take something a little bit greasy to get past him. And Suzuki was playing one of his best games of the playoffs. So it wasn't surprising uh, that he was the one that managed to find a way to get that through. Uh, but it's 1-1. We have life again. It's feeling like, you know, it's a 1-1 game. We deserve to be in a much better position than we're currently in. We definitely deserve to have a, a bit of a better lead going on. But we don't. But we'll take it. 1-1. Not so bad. Let's just get into the third period with a 1-1 tie. How about that? Not so fast. Not so fast. Habs turn it over in the neutral zone. Tampa starts taking it the other way. Ben Sherratt makes the most ill-advised pinch at his own blue line. Coming up uh, to try and take the puck away. Uh, not sure what he thought was going to happen there, but he kind of goes out at Barclay Goodrow. And he chips it past Sherratt. Now he's got a two-on-one. Slides it over to Blake Coleman, who taps it in with literally, at the time, there was 0.3 seconds on the clock. They corrected it, and it was actually 1.1 seconds. But still, you, you, you got to not do that. You can't turn it over in the neutral zone like that. You definitely can't make that pinch if you're Ben Sherratt. And leave it in an on-man situation with barely any time left on the clock. I mean, I don't want to sit here and just rag on Ben Sherratt for the next, like, six to eight minutes or whatever. But that was just a brutal decision. A brutal decision. Like, the awareness level there is negative 5,000. It's just beyond my comprehension. Just stay in position. D him up. And if you do that, if you go stick on stick, he can't make the pass across. And there's no goal. And you get to the third period 1-1. And you, you need every possible advantage when Vasilevsky's playing the way that he is. And even being even at 1-1 going into the third is really an advantage for the Habs the way that they were playing. You know, instead... They go in, down 2-1, uh, and they tried. They definitely tried, but Tampa kind of went into a defensive shell. Uh, they did a good job limiting scoring chances, and uh, you know they were collapsing in on their own net. Anytime the Habs got anywhere close to it, uh, they would have virtually the entire line and the defenseman collapsing inwards towards Vasilevsky. And, he, you know, the Habs didn't have an answer. And... Um, of course, just insult to injury. Late in the game, you know, before the Habs even got the chance to pull Price and try with the extra attacker to see if they could equalize, which was probably their best bet because uh, they, they looked really good on the power play. Suzuki's goal was on the power play. Uh, if they had a chance, they needed to get, you know, a man advantage and, and try to do it that way. Uh, Joel Evanson goes behind his own net, tries a bank pass going D to D, doesn't even look. Banks it off the wall and behind Carey Price directly to Andre Pilat, who banks it off Carey Price and into the net. Uh, 3-1 to one Tampa. That's the final score. Vasilevsky's the star of the game. Um, star of the game for the Habs, obviously, Nick Suzuki. Played played his ass off. I mean, he, he did everything. 
I, I think he had like 10 shots on goal or something stupid like that. I'd have to go double check, but he, he played ridiculously well. But the star star of the game, you know, when we're not just talking about Montreal, was Vasilevsky. The, let's talk about the uh, not star of the game, Montreal's defense. I don't want to rag on them. I mean, especially Edmondson. He's played really well all playoffs. Sherrod's been great all playoffs. But, like, you can't make those decisions at this point in the playoffs in this important of a game. You just can't do it. You, I mean, it's so heartbreaking to watch them go out and just absolutely earn a win and just snatch defeat from the jaws of victory like that. By making a couple of bonehead plays. Realistically, that game should have been 1-1. Going uh, to the end of the third there. And it should have gone to overtime. Two boneheaded mistakes stopped them from getting to overtime. And who knows what happens if they get to overtime, right? Maybe Vasilevsky stands on his head even more. But this team has proven that they're killers in overtime. I don't know what it is, but the overtime like it was for them in 1993, is just such a strength. So, like, just get there and find out what happens, you know? Get there. See if you can force that one turnover or get that one waffle of a goal off of Vasilevsky to win the game. But what can you do? They didn't get it. That's a real heartbreaker. And um, now they have two games coming up in Montreal. They have to win both of those. I know they've been down 3-1 in a series before, obviously. Uh, we all remember the series against the Leafs. So I will not give up hope on this team until you know I have to begrudgingly watch Tampa Bay lift the cup for the second year in a row. I won't give up on them, even if they go down 3-1. But you, you have to try and take both of those games in Montreal. You have to come out flying, and you got to get both of them. Even the series up, make it a best of three. Obviously, Tampa on home ice when they control the matchups are uh, a different beast. But you've proven now in Game 2 that you have the ability to handle that. This without Dominique Deschamps on the bench. And he's back as of Game 3. So it could get interesting. But the Habs need to take both of those games and make this a best of three. And then they can take a look internally and figure out how do we steal a game on their ice and win this series and win the Stanley Cup. There's a lot of doom and gloom going on out there, but like, have a little faith in this team. You know, They've done some pretty incredible things so far in this playoffs. There's no reason to believe that they absolutely cannot take two games in a row off the Tampa Bay Lightning. I know Tampa Bay has not lost two games in a row in the entire playoffs so far. I don't care. I don't care. Look at Game 2. Look at how bad the Habs outplayed the, the Lightning. Tell me that if they play that exact same game five more times, because there are five more games remaining in this series if it goes the distance, that they can't win four of them. You can't. Because if you copy-paste that exact same game from the Habs five times, they probably win that game more often than they lose it. Four to five times? Yeah, why not? The only problem is Vasilevsky at the other end. He's just... He's on another level. I mean... I've fought off saying this myself on Twitter or anywhere, but like he might be the best goaltender in the world right now. 
even with Carey Price at the top of his game, Vasilevsky might be the best goaltender in the world right now. I do not look forward to seeing Canada have to play against him at the Olympics, which I feel like that's going to happen at some point. I don't look forward to that. And that's Canada. That's Team Canada with a lot more firepower than the Montreal Canadiens have. Uh, I don't know. He's great. Uh, I hope he steps on a Lego, though. I hope he steps on a Lego. I hope it sucks. I hope it ruins the rest of the series for him. Uh, at least enough that he can't play like that again. <laughs> um, uh, you know who else needs to step on a Lego? is Mikhail Sergachev. What's wrong with that guy? From Russia with no love, man. What is his deal? Throws a ridiculous interference, cross-check, whatever you want to call it, at the back of Arturi Lekin and just sends him flying into the end boards. Uh, left the game. One of our best defensive players out now, playing against a ridiculously high-charged offensive team. And we got to do it without one of our best defensive players, possibly. I mean... If he doesn't get fined for that after Weber got fined for just taking a whack at the back of Kucherov's legs, not to defend Weber, he deserved that 5K fine, but Sergachev better at least get fined. Realistically, he should get suspended because the game before that, he drove Brendan Gallagher's face into the ice. So what you're seeing here is a guy who's getting a little bit violent. You might want to give him a seat for a game. Just one game. Just to let him know, hey, you can't do that shit. We don't care if it's the playoffs. Don't get violent like this. Because if you don't do anything, if you don't at least fine him or, you know, again, as I would advocate, suspend him for one game, you're sending a message that that's okay. So what's he going to do? Well, he's going to go out in game three and he's going to do the exact same thing. So hopefully the league does something because uh, let me tell you, uh, game three is Friday in Montreal. If the league doesn't do anything about it and he goes out and he does the exact same thing in game three, like I'm suggesting he might, there will be a riot in Montreal if he hurts the wrong person. Because people will be either super excited that we won the game and we're getting back into the series, or they will be super angry that we lost and we're on the verge of losing this series after everything we've been through this year. Either way, there's going to be enough energy out there that if he does something stupid and hurts the wrong player... I shouldn't say the wrong player. Not that Arturi Lekkinen is the right player for him to hurt. Uh, but if, if he does something stupid and it ends up not getting called, somehow has some kind of impact in the game, there will be a riot in Montreal. The energy is going to be there. The amount of people are going to be there. It's a Friday night. It's the Stanley Cup Finals. It's going to be a zoo down there. The league has to do something about that. Because... Not only will they be responsible for any of the violence on the ice, if they don't, they may end up being partially responsible for any of the violence in the streets of Montreal, if they don't. So, that's my cautionary word. I don't think the NHL listens to this podcast anyways, so they probably don't care what I have to say, but uh, we also know that they don't really care about violence, so... Let's probably not hold our breath and expect them to do anything about Sergachev, but I can hope. I can hope they at least send him one of those $5,000, hey, please don't do that, messages. Uh, not that $5,000 is worth very much to NHL players, but, uh, you know, 
at least something symbolic like that to let him know uh, that it's not something that we appreciate seeing. I don't know. What difference would it make? Anyways, uh, no reason to uh, feel too sad. I'm pretty bummed out right now, but um, I got a good feeling about Friday night. I don't know what it is. Uh, Even after watching that debacle, uh, I got a good feeling about Friday night. Uh, Ducharme is back behind the bench. The Habs have last change, and they showed that they can be the better team in this series. All they got to do is uh, figure out a way to solve Vasilevsky and play precisely the way that they did in Game 2. Do it five times in a row, and just maybe you can take four of them and take Stanley home. Wouldn't that be something? That's it. Uh, That's it for the podcast. We're running... uh, Oh, we're up around 17 minutes this time. So, uh, once more. Grosse soirée pour les employés de soutien, man. Grosse soirée. We are on Spotify, uh, Apple, Google Play, Megaphone. I am on Twitter at DrakeMT. I'm also on City TV, man. Every game at 6 o'clock I go live on City TV Montreal. I also go live after the games at around 11. Uh, So you check it out if you're in the Montreal area. Also, I've heard from people I know on the West Coast that sometimes they show me on City in Vancouver. Your boy's a a national TV star now, alright? Not so much a star, but I'm on it. You can see me on it. You can see my face. Nobody asked for that. I might get too big for my britches, though. Maybe I'll cancel the podcast and I'll insist on exclusively being seen on screen on televisions across Canada and in the United States. I was on uh, a a local Tampa station uh, on television as well today. So, uh, yeah, your boy's an international TV star now. Super big shot. Definitely going to have to cancel the podcast. Definitely not going to actually do that. I have too much fun recording these things at the end of my day. It's a good way for me to complain a little bit about the games, uh, which I love so much, yet I also love to complain about them. That's enough for me. Uh, now we're over 18 minutes, so massive pour les employés de soutien. Thank you for listening, and as always, à la prochaine.